Greetings, good morning, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning we are looking to start our week with some wisdom, some encouragement from God's Word. We're ready for Psalm 8 today, Proverbs 13. And then we're going to read from the book of wisdom from the Apocrypha, Wisdom chapter 7. Now this morning, I just really want you to hear God's word. I'm going to give a little bit of thoughts on uh, Psalm 8, but the thoughts I'm going to share with you this morning are just as it pertains to translation. um, But as far as commentary goes today... I really am going to try to avoid a lot of commentary and just let the Word of God speak to you this morning. My prayer is that it will invigorate you and strengthen you for this week and pierce your hearts and cause you to draw closer to Him. Psalm 8 is only eight verses. We're going to read it from two different translations this morning. Let's have a look, starting with the King James Bible. Let's begin. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. What is man, that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man, that thou art visited him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in the earth. All right, so that's Psalm 8 from the King James Bible. And of course, that one verse is just uh, beautifully translated and well-known, right? What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? It's like you've ordained and created all these things. You literally made the moon and the stars and ordained everything about them, established them, the heavens. What is man, like this creature from the dirt, that the God of the universe would even have a thought about him. That's a beautiful prayer, a beautiful thought that is in the Psalms here. And I feel like the King James does a great job of bringing that out. With that said, though, there's a couple of issues, or not really issues, but things to consider. The problem with any translation from the Hebrew scriptures is that any translation 
is an interpretation. And we're not going to dig deep into this, but it's impossible to translate from another language without interpreting. Because languages aren't one-to-one. And if some of you out there, you study Hebrew, you know that there is no one-to-one to English usually. The other issue is this is a perfect example of why God's name being removed and replaced with Lord becomes a problem. Look at the very first verse. O Lord, our Lord. O Lord, our Lord. Well, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It seems redundant in English, but that's because that's not what it actually says. It says God's name. And then, like, Adonai, or Adon, Lord. So it's really, O Yehovah, or whatever you, however you think that's pronounced. Whether you think it's Yahuwah, Yahweh, I, I tend to lean towards Yehovah. O Yehovah, our Lord, or our Master, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set the glory above the heavens. And the, 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 Psalm ends with that same expression. So verse 9 ends with, O Lord, our Lord. So, O Jehovah, our Master, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. You see, it's so interesting to me to that we would say, that we would translate it this way, but this is what all English translations do for the most part. They'll say, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. Well, what is his name? These things are important. Something else interesting to consider is verse 5. Right after the famous verse, right? What is man that you are mindful of him? Verse 5 says, For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. What appears in the Hebrew text that what's actually there is Elohim, which can be translated as gods. You've made man even less a little less than the gods or something along those lines. King James says, you've made him a little less than the angels. Uh, if you go like to the ESV as an example, they say you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings. So it's a matter of interpretation. And I'm not pointing these things out to, to argue for any particular point other than to just make you aware that this is the situation when it comes to English translations. And this is why it's so important that if you really want to be a scholar of God's Word, and not everybody does, and not everybody is uh, needs to be, or God's not calling everyone to do that, but for those of you who, who are thinking along those lines, you've got to take the time to start learning Hebrew so that you can investigate these little things and study them out for yourself. All right, that's the end of commentary for today. I'm going to read this from a translation called The Scriptures 2009, because I think it does a great job. And then we're going to move on to our Proverbs. But let me read the psalm one more time from this translation. Psalm 8, verse 1. O Jehovah, our Master, How excellent is your name in all the earth, you who set your splendor above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants you have founded strength because of your adversaries, 
to put an end to the enemy and adventure. For I see your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have established. What is man that you remember him, and the son of man that you visit him? Yet you have made him a little less than Elohim, and have crowned him with esteem and splendor. You made him rule over the works of your hands. You have put all under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea passing through the paths of the seas. O Jehovah, our master, how excellent is your name. In all the earth. All right, that is our psalm reading for this morning. Let's move forward. Let's see if we can get some wisdom here from Proverbs chapter 13. Open up your hearts. Let's begin. A wise son heareth his father's instruction. But a scorner heareth not rebuke. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressor shall eat violence. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Please note, I know I said not too much commentary this morning, but this is a point that I've just, over the years, have noticed the Proverbs and the Psalms making over and over, and it's this idea of keeping your mouth closed. Stop talking, right? Stop sharing every opinion you have, gossip. Stop feeling like you need to be heard all the time. Something I've been praying before I go into the office and stuff in the morning is, God, please guard the door to my mouth. Don't let something stupid come out of my mouth or something that would dishonor you. Guard the door to my mouth. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Verse 4, the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. A righteous man hateth lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. Righteousness keepeth him that is upright in the way, but wickedness overthroweth the sinner. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet have great riches. The ransoms of a man's life are his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Only by pride cometh contention, but the well-advised is wisdom. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is the tree of life. Please note, I'm sorry I have to talk about this. Hope 
is so important. The darkest times of my life are have been the times where I felt there was no hope for tomorrow. In fact, I'm not going to go into big detail. Maybe someday I will, but before I really came to be in an intimate relationship with God, I was at a point in my life where I was almost welcoming death. So miserable, so without hope. And what changed the direction for me wasn't that my circumstances changed. It was that God came down and gave me something I didn't have, which was hope that the future could be better. And once the hope was back, even though the circumstances of my life at that time hadn't changed, I was renewed. Most people who are desperately depressed, there's probably many things going on, but I would almost guarantee that one of the key factors is a lack of hope. Look what the scripture says here. Let me find it. Hope deferred, verse 12, maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Once that hope is restored, it's just, man, everything's blooming. Those of you who are struggling, lacking hope, I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you would have hope this morning. That life, that tomorrow could be better than today, that there is a hope for the future. Verse 13, Whosoever despises the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but the abomination to fools to depart from evil. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Please note, you are who you surround yourself with. It's just facts. Surround yourself with ungodly people, you'll quickly become ungodly. Surround yourself with people that use foul language, it won't be long, it'll be coming out of your mouth. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of Fools shall be destroyed. Verse 21. Evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. 
A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Much food is in the tillage of the poor, but there is that is destroyed for want of judgment. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chastises him betimes, chastens him betimes. Last verse, the righteous eateth to the satisfying of his soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. That is Proverbs chapter 13. Let's take a look at the Apocryphal Book of Wisdom chapter 7, which is a chapter about pursuing wisdom. And just like the Proverbs and the Psalms do, it refers to wisdom as a her, right? And it's going to reiterate how nothing is more silver, gold, money, wealth. None of that is is, is valuable to you and to your life. Nothing should you be seeking after more than seeking after that beautiful, godly wisdom. Let's have a look at what it has to say. Wisdom 7 I myself also am a mortal man, like to all, and the offspring of him that was first made of the earth. And in my mother's womb was fashioned to be flesh in the time of ten months, being compacted in blood of the seed of man, and the pleasure that came with sleep. And when I was born, I drew in the common air and fell upon the earth, which is of like nature. And the first voice which I uttered was crying, as all others do. I was nursed in swaddling clothes, and that with cares. For there is no king that had any other beginning of birth. For all men have one entrance into life, and the like going out. So the writer here, he opens up by saying, hey, just like everyone who's ever lived, right? I'm, I came into the world just like everyone who's ever lived, and I'm going out of the world just like everyone who's ever lived. Verse 7, Wherefore I prayed, and understanding was given me. I called upon God, the spirit of wisdom came to me. I preferred her before scepters and thrones, and esteemed riches nothing in comparison of her. Neither compared I unto her any precious stone, because all gold in respect of her is as little as sand, and silver shall be counted as clay before her. I loved her above health and beauty and chose to have her instead of light, for the light that cometh from her never goes out. All good things together came to me with her, and innumerable riches in her hand. So please note, see how he keeps referring to it, wisdom as a her, and how she is just more precious than any wealth, anything in the world. But remember the type of wisdom this is. This is wisdom that came from God. Remember verse 7, I called upon God and the spirit of wisdom was given to me. This is a godly wisdom we're talking about here, not worldly wisdom. Verse 11, or verse, yeah. All good things together came to me with her, 
and innumerable riches in her hands. And I rejoiced in them all, because wisdom goeth before them, and I knew not that she was the mother of them. I learned diligently to do communicate her liberally. I do not hide her riches, for she is a treasure unto men that never faileth, which they use become the friends of God, being commended for the gifts that come from learning. God hath granted me to speak as I would, and to convince as is meet for those things that are given me, because it is he that lendeth unto wisdom, and directeth the wise. For in his hand are both we and our words, all wisdom also and knowledge of workmanship. For he hath given me certain knowledge of the things that are, namely, to know how the world was made, and the operation of the elements, the beginning, ending, and mist of times, the alteration of the turning of the sun, and the changes of seasons, the circuits of years, and the position of stars, the natures of living creatures, and the furies of wild beasts, the violence of winds, and the reasoning of men, the diversities of plants, and the virtues of roots. And all such things are either secret or manifest, them I know. For wisdom, which is the worker of all things, taught me, for in her is the understanding, spirit, holy, one only, manifold, subtle, lively, clear, undefiled, plain, not subject to hurt, loving the thing that is good quick, which cannot be letted, ready to do good, kind to man, steadfast, sure, free from care, having all power, overseeing all things, and going through all understanding, pure, and the most subtle spirits. For wisdom is more moving than any motion. She passes and goeth through all things by reason of her pursuers. For she is the breath of the power of God, and a pure influence flowing from the glory of the Almighty. Therefore can no defiled thing fall into her. For she is the brightness of the everlasting light, the unspotted mirror of the power of God and the image of his goodness. And being but one, she can do all things. And remaining in herself, she maketh all things new. And in all ages, entering into holy souls, she maketh them friends of God and prophets. For God loveth none but him that dwelleth with wisdom. For she is more beautiful than the sun, and above all the order of stars being compared with light, she is found before it. For after this cometh night, but vice shall not prevail against wisdom. And that, my friends, is our study to start our week this morning. I pray that it's been a strength to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for those of you who support the broadcast and make this happen each and every week. And thank you for your prayers. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.